Hello, everyone, and welcome back to HOA. It's a true story. Today, we are talking about all things paint when you're preparing for an HOA paint project. Joining us today is Danny Piddle and John Heinz, Outside Professional Services Coordinators from Bear Paint. Also joining us is Russell Brown, Vice President of GB Group. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for the HOA It's a True Story podcast today. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. us. Well, they say there is nothing worse than watching paint dry, but today we're going to keep you awake with a lively discussion of all things paint. So first of all, I'm going to start with you, Danny. How long have you been in the paint industry? So yes, thanks for having us, by the way. It's been 17 years now with Bear Paint. So long time with Bear, long, long time. We've uh, seen the industry grow. Company brand has grown in a lot of different directions. But yeah, very exciting to be with the company that long. Yeah, 17 years. That's commitment there. John, what about you? I've been with the company for 19 years. Mm -hmm. And I actually painted my way through college. So I'd say probably about 22, 23 years that I've been in the paint business. Wow. So you guys definitely know your way around a paintbrush. Okay. Well, that kind of leads me right into my first question for you. And that is, what is the difference between paint products? And I don't just mean sheens, but is there really a difference or is it kind of just all paints alike and this is the brand I'm loyal to? Absolutely. There is a difference. It has something to do with the solid content that you're putting inside each of these products. So we have a wide range of that category. I'd say we started off as a do-it-yourselfer brand, which is a high-end paint. Getting into the contractor market several years back, seven years now, we had to look at what we were putting in the paint and kind of look at contractor pricing and what made sense. So there is different levels, and with the solid content, you're going to get different year rating, quality, several things in each can. John, what do you think? Like, who, who's your big competitor out there? Uh, you know, you have Sherwin-Williams, you have Kelly Moore, Dan Edwards, Vista, you have a number of them. And, you know, what Danny was saying with the solid contents is very important, but solid contents is not all. You know, it's the ingredients that are actually in the paint. You know, you talk about titanium dioxide, talc, silica, all those other, you know, those are things that are inside of a can of paint that make the price different on each can of paint and make paint better. I was fortunate enough a year ago or two years ago now, man, it's, the time is flying by, right. I got to do a tour of Bear Paints Factory. Right. And I had always thought that pretty much paint was paint with just different indoor versus outdoor type quality. And when I when I actually saw the level of testing that Bear Paint goes through, I don't know if they all do that, but I was astonished yes. at how much testing they do. And in such a variety of manners, not just chemical makeup, but actual putting it out there, comparing it, putting it through different types of um, stresses, dirt, water, those kinds of things. And you guys just smoked it every time. Yeah. R&D is a big thing with our products, right? So there's a lot of that put into the research and the development of those different cans that we put out. And so, yeah, we're seeing great results. Consumer Reports is a good kind of guide of like where our paints rank. And so you're seeing that we're typically in the top three performing and interior and exterior all the time in most sheens. And that goes through with our stains as well. We started as a stain company. So that whole list of products that we have out there are usually highly ranked. 
One of the other things that I learned when I went to the factory tour, I always thought you guys were that Bear Paint was Home Depot's label. And what I learned was you're not Home Depot's label. You're a standalone paint product that you've partnered with Home Depot. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. A pretty big misconception in the industry is that we are owned by Home Depot, and that's not the case. We started, when Home Depot first started, we were the first company to kind of get involved with them and luckily enough, continue to have such a great relationship with them. So big box store or not, we know the struggles with Home Depot in some sense, but being with them for so long and knowing how to work within that big box store and carrying the number one products has put us in the forefront of being one of the, one of the number one vendors. And I think you would see in the market now, you know, we started out as a do-it-yourselfer and in the last, you know, probably 10 to 15 years, yes. you know, when Danny and I started with the company, I mean, we were in-store reps. I mean, for the last 12 mm. or 13 years, mm-hmm. we moved outside. Now, I mean, back when I started with the company in Sacramento, San Francisco, there was probably a total of 16 reps. Now we still have those 16 or 18 in-store reps. We've got probably another 12 or 15 reps like Danny and I. We've got a new, uh, we call them hub stores, where they're basically a store inside of Home Depot where they're managed by a bear rep that basically is there to service just the, the professional customer. That's impressive. So we've probably got within the, the Sacramento and, you know, San Francisco area, probably a good 40 to 50, you know, customers there. And, you know, when you say that too, though, I think you have to look at, you know, like Sherwin Williams now, you know, Lowe's. Sherwin Williams has kind of followed what we've done with the right. box store now. They're going into Lowe's because they've seen that. That's successful. Is, that formula works. Exactly. Now your guys' bread and butter is in multifamily. Why don't you talk a little bit about what your role is working with property managers and general contractors? Sure. Yeah. So I think in the last four to five years, we've been a little bit explosive with getting into the industry. Me and John specifically in HOA, as you guys know, teaming up with, you know, a lot of you guys in the last three or four years, no one really knew about Bear. And so for us, that's really the segment that we concentrate in, Mm -hmm. property management groups, building those relationships, and then kind of educating them in the whole way it works. But to your So point, walk me through, <laughs> I'm ready for a paint project. How can you help me? I'm a property manager. Yeah, absolutely. So we like to have that relationship with property management groups because the first thing that we step on is getting out to the property and writing a specification for that. Anytime that we're going in a project, you want to make sure that we have the right products assigned to that substrate and that's going to give us warranties. We're going to have a process of after specifications, if it's a, a color rendering that we need to do, mm-hmm. um, if we're doing a color change, we can uh, uh, do that as well with our service renderings. And then, you know, before we get into the real picture of that, we want to make sure we're doing drawdowns for them to actually see these colors up on the wall right? and make sure that we're getting sign off on that. But yeah, I mean, I think for me and John, it's really the process of building relationships in this mm-hmm. industry, as you guys know. So getting in front of the right property management group and letting them know what we can do from them. And then also for our contractors as well is helping you the whole process along. So there's not so much on your plate, but we can take on, you know, the board meetings with colors. Yeah. Like just for example, my involvement with you guys often were bidding your specifications that have gone out to bid for multiple contractors, which is helping the HOA get the best price possible. So you guys are almost like a, a CM of sort for the paint section of projects. You guys are going out to sites, writing specifications, 
working through the bid process with the board, helping them understand what they're looking at and what the contractors are bidding, and then ultimately going into production, you guys have some sort of almost a quality control aspect to make sure things are are going smooth. Yeah, and I was just going to say, I think building the relationship with the board as well as the managers too, because a lot of times they trust us. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, when we do write these specifications and it comes time to bid, you know, a lot of times they're asking us, you know, who do you want to come out and bid this? And, you know, they're trusting us. I mean, and ultimately with a warranty that's on that, we want contractors that we know that are applying the paint the way that it's supposed to be applied. And kind of like Danny was saying, we're job oversight to make sure that those products are being applied like they're supposed to. So if there does happen to be a problem later on, that we want the contractor and the paint supplier both to be on the same page. You know, right. That's really important point. because one of the things that I've seen happen in the past is the painting rep wrote the scope of the construction portion to accommodate their paint portion. And then it was wrong. And so they, instead of just doing the paint side of it, they tried to do both sides and it created a huge, huge problem for everybody involved in the project. And we all saw that go down that path pretty quickly. So your point, John, about working together with good contractors is important because there's so many complex that need to have construction repairs done alongside the paint job. Right. And there's there's also a level of you're a representative or an extension of their product, right? So if they've they've put their necks out there, they've successfully been selected to be the product of choice, you're not gonna just have anybody involved with applying the product. You want someone who's well-versed in it. You want someone who understands it. And also, you know, has a quality control parameters in place to make sure that it's delivering what you sold. Absolutely. And like John mentioned, being on site on those projects and having on hands to to look at these projects to make sure they're being applied correctly, that helps out with down the road with warranties and whatnot. Mm -hmm. We don't just want to write specifications and then have it just applied. We're typically on site making sure those projects are being like the mill thickness, is that mill thickness yeah, test? Thickness. Uh, and it goes back into relationships watered. too with who we're working with and, mm-hmm. and the trust of, of the teams that are out there, the painters that are on board. We know who we're working with, and um, we we like working with guys that you know. For instance, GB Group, you guys are in house, right? So from start from finish, we know that your crews are going to be on there, and it's a trustworthy atmosphere, right? Whereas if you don't have everything done in house, people are following each other, then there's this whole. Sure. Things can go subcontractors, extensions of the contractor who bid it, right? And I was just going to say, I think at the beginning of it, you know, like when Danny said, when we go out and look at a project, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a good, you know, if you said you were the manager, I mean, a lot of times what I want to do is I want to meet you out at the property so that, you know, when we're walking that property, we can kind of set expectations from the beginning because sometimes when people call me in and say, well, we need to get this painted and they, they request a, you know, paint job, you know, you go out and like you said, there's dry rot, there's things that, you know, I'm not an expert at that, so but I can point out the areas that I see and sure. let's bring in, you know, and that's where I may find out that you don't just need a painter. You need somebody that can do dry rot and painting or, you know, so it's, mm-hmm. you know, setting the expectations right from the beginning so that we know exactly, you know, finding out what needs to be painted, what doesn't need to be painted. And One of those things that uh, I want to segue into is, is the warranty, right? A lot of the time, uh, a site visit is necessary where the property manager is bringing the financial understanding and their planning of what they are prepared to do, right? And that's where you guys can come in and value engineer and say, if you guys are looking at changing colors, we want to do two coat of XYZ product because we can extend your warranty. 
oh, you guys are going to keep the same colors. Yeah. We might be able to do one coat um, and value engineer that and give you guys similar warranties. We're also looking for the dry rot that's out there as well. Sure. So we want to make sure, like we talked about it earlier about we need a specification on dry rot. Right. So we're going to need a, a matrix built so everyone can bid off that and it's apples to apples mm-hmm. before we even get into paint. Right. I mean, we're not recommending warranties on these products when the, the wood's coming off. Right. And, it's and, like, and it's so funny because so many people don't understand that paint is the first layer of water resistivity. It's yeah. the, it's that that is layer well, they, one. They call them paint coatings now. I mean, yeah. you're, you're dealing with some, and this is a question I have too about the different kinds of paint because now you have elastomeric, you have ceramic. Tell us about some of the different kinds of paint so that when a manager is knowing she's getting ready to set up a new paint project for an HOA, how do they know which is the right kind? Maybe they want to switch to something more protective than just an Um, acrylic. Yeah. So again, when you're talking about acrylic, I mean, obviously, you know, we were talking about the different grades of paint, you know, you have different types of, you know, and sheen also helps too for your dirt resistance, things like that. But like you said, with an elastomeric paint, an elastomeric paint is only something that you're going to use on a stucco, concrete, brick, something like that. To encapsulate, yeah, right? Exactly. Right. You don't want to put it on wood because if, obviously if there's any type of moisture inside of wood and we put that rubber glove on that, yeah, it's just gonna going problems. It's just gonna go everywhere. So, you know, we only want that, but it's also great because it fixes hairline cracks. It's mm-hmm. basically up to like 600 mile per hour wind driven rains. It'll protect you from that. Properties so, in San Francisco, things where there's a lot of movement. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, the elastomeric product, but a lot of those high-end products that we started, I mean, we can talk about paint and primer. We started paint and primer probably 10 years ago and brought that to the industry. And at the time, a lot of our competitors were like, what, what is this? Like, mm-hmm. you know, this is just another, everybody has paint and primer right now. So the ability for us to have R&D research this and make this product, it's number one ranked, consumer reports, it does perform, such as the marquee. It really is a product that if you're looking at a 10-year warranty paint, we're probably looking at either our workhorse with Ultra or even Marquee. Mm-hmm. You're going to get that better. Why don't you walk retention. us through what the tiers are real quick so people who don't know what the tiers are. Sure. So starting, I would say, like at our contractor-grade paint, we started with E600, and our interior line would be the I300 and I100. We developed this, what was that? five, six years ago yeah, now. Something like that, yeah. We knew we had to make a lower grade paint in some... Mm, yeah, you sure. have to have the full yeah. spectrum. For a price competition, I mean... Price, price point Absolutely. We also, you know, when you ask us who our competitors are, a lot of times we look at who our competitors are and what's the number one paint in that category. And basically what we've done is we've taken that paint and we've created a paint that we say is better or equivalent, equivalent to that. To. And then we add up... It's not going to be your Cadillac, but it's your... Get so done. what's after E600? Premium Plus. Premium Plus is a, what we started with with Home Depot. Great paint, interior, exterior. That's really where it all started, the premium brand. Then you move into our Ultra line, paint and primer, our first paint and primer line. And then from there, you go into our marquee. You know, there's there's room for maybe another product down the road. But right now, that's the four staples. And- I was just going to say, you know, Danny brought up a good point, kind of created this beast in the market now with paint and primers. Sometimes we need to realize we still need to use primers. I mean, and that's a, and Absolutely. a, a super important part when right. you have a painting project. You can't just slap a paint and primer on anything. If you've got raw surfaces, you know, something like that. And 
you know, you were talking about some of the other ones, and when you were, brought it up to me, it was things that we may not direct to metal, metal primers. You, know, you guys like, know raw wood. Yes. Priming six sides of that thing. We don't yes. want to see any problems down the road. So we're always in our specifications saying spot prime where needed. Mm-hmm. We're calling out those things. That's what helps with those specifications. So how, how do you guys guide property managers on what level, what tier their association should be exploring? So, you know, I would say like the biggest thing is – how many year warranty are we looking for? Typically, they so you're working with the reserves. You're saying look at the reserves right. and see what they're. Typically, they're coming up for ten year repaints, right? And and depending upon the substrate, so whether that's wood or metal or stucco, right? So hopefully they're all kind of on the same tier there. But you see them where they pop up where metal needs to be done every three or four years. If there's a master's association, sometimes those things can get all jumbled up, and you try and kind of work with those those years. But I would say typically. On my side of things, and I know John works the same, is I give them a high, you know, warranty on marquee, depending upon what Which it's is on. the high tier paint. Yeah, or yeah. you go E600 or, or even premium. Okay. So you got the kind of break there, E600, maybe premium, or then ultra to marquee. Yeah, I was just going to say, also with what Danny was saying, you know, usually I'll give them that option of the E600 and then maybe like an ultra. Right. But then also by, you know, going from seven to 10 years, you know, that price for your paint, that you're paying a little bit more now, if you can save that money over three years from seven years, yeah. how much that savings is actually going to be to you. But I think it's also a good point that like we were talking about earlier, though, is what the substrate is. You know, if, if, right. if it's an old wood building, even if it's ultra, I don't know that you're not I want to give you a 10-year warranty on ultra on a building that. that's not. You also have to consider the geographical area. Absolutely. You know, if you're out in San Francisco on the water versus Sacramento up in the high heat. Or Discovery Bay. Yeah, Discovery Bay. Yeah. So it's going to really impact the warranty time frame too. Yeah. And you you brought up a good point too, like San Francisco. You know, sometimes like a marquee product during this time of year is great because it's got early rain resistance. A lot of paints don't have that. That's something that will, within an hour, if it rains, if you get moisture, that's a type of paint that will, you know, so that's, you know, you may have to go to a higher grade paint at different times of the year just to accommodate the time of year we're painting too. So, But to your question, like up to the management and the board, it, what the, what do they want to see? A lot of times we'll give them that option. Yeah, I was going to say, often we bid price, uh, we give options based on products so that the board can weigh the bang for the buck. And if they need to be talked through that process of why is this better, we'd love to do those board meetings. We'd love to be involved with that. And so it's really about getting in front of them from the beginning and walking them and helping the contractors out. So you guys try to be a one-stop shop, really. Uh, Once you're reached out to by the property manager, you guys relatively try to take the paint project on to to not bear any burden on them. Oh, yeah. Pretty much. And so that'll go into the color rendering side of it if we're doing a color change, all the way to doing a bid walk, to bringing those bids into them, to bid analysis for them. Really does take a lot off of them. And, and you guys don't charge for that. Price. No, not at all. No, it's, it's that's a big thing that we should pretty discuss. Interesting point of you know, so being in the industry for so long and actually looking at like color services and doing colors, we've gotten pretty good with doing colors. And I got to tell you that there's a lot of people out there that do use colorist, mm-hmm. and they'll spend a pretty big chunk of change on that. But we do do that for free, and it helps guide that process for them, and it saves them some money and. We can typically narrow in a color scheme for them that's 
what they want. Yeah. And ultimately too, you know, like we can sell you on the paint job and sell you the paint, but I mean, throughout the project, we are going to be at that project. I mean, once a project starts for me, I'm out at that project at least once a week, maybe twice a week, Right. talking to your painters, talking to them. I want to make sure that things are working out. And if they don't like something, I want to know what it is so that maybe we can fix it. And there are times when, even when we're in a project that maybe we started off with Bear Pro and maybe that's not working the way we want it to. So maybe we have to, just for the sake of labor, what if we bump this up and work? I've I've had that happen a few times. Um, In fact, I've been on one with Danny where uh, midway through the project, they say, hey, we would like to upgrade to the next tier based on what we're seeing and and it goes relatively smooth and I've had it go the other way too. Yeah. So it's it's great that you guys have a wide variety of products that can perform at similar levels. It's just you, we can get organized on a price point standpoint to help plan for these boards to be solvent. I've seen more yeah. boards change their paint color. Oh boy. That's very often. <laughs> Do you guys want to talk about that right now? <laughs> you know, Before we go on site, yeah. we will have approved paint colors. This will be a long conversation. <laughs> signed off. <laughs> yeah, let's get those oh. signed off quick. Yeah, we just did one up. that looks like a prison yard. Yeah. It's oh. dark gray. Yeah. Well, the name of the podcast is called HOA. It's a true story. So I'd love to hear each of you having a different story. So um, sure. tell us your favorite HOA story, Danny. I would say goes into what we were just talking about with the colors. So it is color is so so subjective to everyone and anybody. Right. So I think like just being in front of the boards, I mean, there's been a lot of board meetings and I can't think of one in particular, but I can just say it's revolves around color. So you do have this huge mix of ideas and and thought processes. A lot of, a lot of people giving their input on what they'd like to see. I will say one name, Seafoam Green. Seafoam Green (laughs) will never come out of my head. So there is a lot of, I'd say old timers in the boards, right? And they like to put their input in there. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would say there was a board member that was so strong on um, dead Seafoam Green. (laughs) Seafoam Green. And, you know, there's a lot of different ways to go about direction of color. And I could just remember that the rest of the board members were just like, you got to help us out. She's not Get her off a of yeah. seafoam green. If it could go to like just green, but not seafoam. And so it was, uh, it was interesting and funny at the same time. But yeah, I mean, the process of color can always be a big, big thing with these guys. And if you're not in that wheelhouse, it, some, some of them won't. For visual purposes, what does a seafoam green look oh, like? Oh, man, it's like a mint chip, but even worse. Uh, <laughs> mint mint I mean, chocolate I chip. I can't really go with the simple green mint there. Mint chocolate but, chip yeah. ice cream. Yeah, there mint you chocolate go. chocolate chip it, ice cream. Yeah. close to the top of that. <laughs> That's right funny. There. So, you know, yeah, I think it's just that the color meetings that we've been in, they can be mm-hmm. very long. And we could be going back for a couple different mock-ups. I what? mean, we've been on site before with a lot of different changes. Is We're, there any advice you would give property I managers? Heard his story. We got to hear well, his story. On, on relative to his color thing, is there any advice you'd give boards of how to navigate through the different ideas of colors and how to get? So, yeah, and when it comes to that, I, I would say, like, we'd like to start off with, like, three or four schemes and keep it tight to where they could actually zone in on a couple of colors. If you open up the door and you... Slap yeah. down a Pandora's fan box. Yeah, you're gonna have five thousand different options, and so you try to keep it narrow out of the gate. You want to suggest and then lightly influence. I would say. Well, 
Yeah, that think, isn't going to look good up there. And I yeah. ultimately, you're, you know, when we do renderings, you know, sometimes they want our opinion, but I find yeah. it good to meet the people that are. You said it was going to look like this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> ultimately, they're going to be in charge of deciding who's the colors mm-hmm. when it comes to that and finding out a little bit about what they like, you know, walking in with a fan deck, right. pick out a few colors so then I can design around that because there's so many times that, you know, when they just put it on you and the first ones come back and then it's like, you, they say neutral and you give them neutral and they're like, well, what about we the blues? What about this? So, you know, then it goes through three or four before you finally pick one. So meeting so, those people up front. What about your favorite HOA story, John? So mine's kind of, I guess will go into it with, Everything, a little bit of everything we just talked about here, but we had a project. It was a couple years ago in Vacaville. We were painting the whole entire place, and you know, there's 200 buildings, or you know, large, large. And we were about three quarters of the way through, and we had one building and one building only that we were having an issue with. It was bubbling and it was peeling. You could walk up and you could scratch it off with your finger. Only one in the whole entire place. We couldn't figure this out for the life of me. But this just goes into all the stuff that we do. So, you know, we went out. We took a piece off the building. We sent it into our R&D. Our R&D did testing on it. They sent it back to us. They gave me the, you know, we actually had to go in with the whole board and the management company and explain to them R&D findings and what we were finding. And, you know, my company told me, this is what you need to do. So I probably went out there four or five times with primers and cleaners and everything else on this piece of wood. Still the same old thing. Well, again, we found out that, you know, when the guy did the repairs, he did them all himself. So we could see the wood slats were not the same. We don't know what kind of wood he was using. We couldn't figure this thing out. But, I mean, ultimately, after four or five times going out with different primers and all this other stuff, we I find a primer that finally worked on the outside of this building. But it goes back to there was no arguing between the painters and us. The, you know, we, were, we went to the homeowner's house several times when he was upset, and we promised him we would get it fixed. And ultimately, when we figured out what it was, the painter went out there and painted it. We gave him the paint, and everybody was happy at the end. So, you know, that's where I say that's what, you know, we do. We want the to problem you, solving. Yeah, we don't. And again, you want to work with your contractors. You know, we don't want any point, finger pointing going, oh, right. it's you, and it's you, it's you, it's you. Ultimately, it's we went product. Over. It's performance. It's, it's exactly. It's install error. Did we find out, because it was a do-it-yourselfer, what was the end result? We, with the, again, I don't know what you probably used a fire retardant type of product. Yeah, <laughs> it might have been. This. I ultimately we had to. I think it was a shellac that we ultimately used on that to get it to stick, and then we, you know, had to paint go, over the shellac. Yep, it was crazy, but it was, it was. I don't know. It, was, they, it had some kind of treatment on it, exactly. Yep. But it was ultimately the customer was happy and everybody was happy. So he got shellacked. Got, got it done. Sometimes you got to use a shellac. <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much for coming and talking to us today. Absolutely. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so for much. Having Let's us. do this again. Every Very Friday? Welcome. Every Friday. <laughs> so uh, if anybody has any questions or would like more information about getting one of those proposals and renderings and a complete paint path project to look at their reserves, please feel free to reach out to us at inquiry at gbgrouping.com. We'll put you in touch with Danny and John, and they will help you out with all of your paint questions. Or if you need a paint proposal, reach out to us at GB Group Inc. website, and we'll get back in touch with you that way as well. Thanks again, you guys. We really appreciate your time today. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Thank you so much, you guys. 